1: Actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's chumbacasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. BGW. Void required, prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. plus.
3: The Super Bowl is in the books. Another dynasty is well on its way to, well, being a dynasty. Can the Steelers <laughs> start theirs with? An in-house quarterback, a free agent quarterback, or maybe even via trade? What options do the Steelers have at quarterback this offseason? Welcome in to the Steelers Fix here on the Steel Curtain Network, powered by Fans First Sports here on the Fix. We discuss all things Pittsburgh Steelers with a focus on roster building and player development. My name is Andrew Wilbar, as always, joined by the legendary Jeremy Betts. Jeremy, I know that we were kind of going opposite sides on the Super Bowl. I was rooting for Kansas City, but I picked San Francisco yeah. to win. We're talking before <laughs> the show. You were kind of pulling for San Francisco, but you just knew the day of that you were you felt like Kansas City was going to pull it out. So we were exact opposites, yeah. but it was an amazing game. It was absolutely yes. amazing yeah. game. It was a game that was, there have been some Super Bowls that we think of like the Rams and the Patriots, and like games were like neither team really deserved to win by the way they played. And that game, both teams played well enough to win. It was just that Patrick Mahomes won the game. It wasn't that San Francisco lost it. Patrick Mahomes just won it.
4: Yes, absolutely. And he's the greatest quarterback I've ever watched. I mean, just what he can do, the way he just knows he's going to win. And um, I think the thing that set it apart this year was the playoff run here. Patrick Mahomes was basically flawless. I mean – and and not just that he made all the throws, it was he made all the right decisions, <laughs> and that is probably the more difficult thing. when When you look at that Super Bowl game in the second half specifically, I don't think Patrick Mahomes missed a a read except one time on uh I, I think where he took off and ran and ran down the clock too far to close out the for the end of this of the second half and having to go to overtime, that was the only bad decision he made, but everything else was like exactly the right choice. And uh, I don't know if we appreciate how difficult that is because there's plenty of talented quarterbacks in the league, but none of them make the right decision as often as Patrick Mahomes. None of them ever made the right decision as often as Tom Brady. And those are the guys that are set apart. And um i think you can you can say that Mahomes has more physical talent than Brady ever did as a quarterback but what gets them to the point in the super bowl where they can just know they're going to win and, and perform in that type of situation is the fact that they make the right decisions every single time and uh, the the Kansas City Chiefs they were not a super bowl roster. I mean, let's just be honest about that, especially offensively. That's not a super bowl roster. It's just not. And but you've got a quarterback who transcends the game itself and and just makes the right decision every time. And I mean, the fact that Marquez Valdez scantling and um and Miko Hardman are the two receiving touchdown holders in this super bowl, one of them to win it outright is ridiculous and kelsey played maybe the best postseason of his career at age 33 i mean this it's just it's just not right this is not a super bowl roster and yet we walk away two-time champions and andrew i think we could honestly sit here the way they sit with the cap and the players that they can bring back and what they have for draft capital they're going to be better in 2024 and what are you gonna do with that? That's crazy. This was the year you had to beat them and nobody could do it.
3: It is scary for the rest of the NFL because you just gotta think if I'm Kansas City and I can address some of my needs in free agency, if I can get a veteran wide receiver to put with Rasheed Rice, what well, that means going out and getting Nico Collins, so I think would be a great fit for them. Or going out and getting another big time receiver on the open market, get one of those and maybe address offensive line, get an extra lineman in free agency. Keep the defense intact. Just re-sign the free agents you have on the defense. And then the only other thing you need is a Travis Kelsey replacement. This points to me, Jeremy. I'm not going off any rumors, not anything that I've heard, but it just makes all the sense in the world that Kansas City just sells the
4: house to go up and get Brock Bowers. It just makes too much yeah. sense. It makes a lot of sense. Um, but I don't know. I think they would they would ride out another year with Kelsey and maybe make a move for a tight end Next year, I I don't know what the tight end class is going to look like in 2025, but that you know Brock Bowers, if if he starts to, to to slide down the board and it's getting close to 10, 11, 12, I could see several teams being in on that type of prospect, um, especially when you consider that there's going to be a lot of offensive linemen go early there's gonna be a lot of quarterbacks go early and i think there's going to end up being a few edge rushers going early as well um as the draft process continues to go so you could see a guy like uh well wide receiver too they're going to go early as well you could yeah. see a guy like brock bowers start to slide down that draft board and man if he's hanging out there at number 12 13 and nobody's snagged him yet i I can guarantee you there's going to be phone calls being made so kansas city might well be one of them and um I, i i just feel like this is a team that it's going to be somebody's going to have to take them out in a weird way before the super bowl in order to beat them and you know kind of like what happened with the brady's patriots at times there there would be just like One up and coming team that would that would get the better of them, the Ravens or maybe the uh, maybe the Colts, you know, somebody who just kind of randomly beat them one year. And then um, another team was able to sneak in because of that. And that's going to be the kind of situation that we're going to have for the next 10 years or so uh, until Patrick Mahomes calls it a career. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I always said nobody's going to ever match Brady uh Brady better watch out that Mahomes doesn't pass Brady at this point yes. because of this trajectory and uh you know we've all all talked Bill Belichick as the greatest head coach of all time as well uh watch out Bill Belichick Andy Reid's coming for that title too um and you know it it's just amazing what happens when you get a great coaching mind with a uh, with a great quarterback who knows how to win that is the combo that keeps on giving uh, all year long <laughs> One question
3: before we get away from the Super Bowl talk. What is one thing we see these two innovative offenses, Kyle Shanahan's and Andy Reeds. We've talked a lot about both offenses and how the Steelers would benefit from getting ideas from both these offenses. What is one thing that stood out to you in the Super Bowl? Just kind of off scripted. It's just something that stuck out to you in the game that the Steelers could really afford to add to it whether it be a certain type of play that was run a certain just to the scheme in general or maybe uh, a certain type of player that the the teams are good at developing what is something the Steelers can take from these two franchises specifically on offense moving Mm -hmm. forward as the Steelers are trying to get out of this rut that has been the Steelers offense for the past three or four years
4: yeah so first off I want to say we haven't really talked about San Francisco at all in this, but I mean, they're the Super Bowl losers. It's a tough sitch. It's a tough situation for them. Yeah. And I still thought that they played a heck of a game. They were, they were very competitive. They had a shot to win it multiple times. I think they just got outplayed in the end by a couple of superstar players on the chiefs. And I did think that Kyle Shanahan's decision to take the football, uh, to start overtime was dubious. So that can be, um, broken down every which way that you want to. Um, uh, but, going away from that just wanted to give a shout out to the Niners who played a really good game and deserved to win as well they just got bested by a better better quarterback um i think you got to look at this Kansas City offense and i think you've got to look at what Andy Reid does with a mix of new concepts and the tried and true older concepts that work and how they he meshes it all together and creates a winning package that you can't just sit on and defend if you looked at what the Kansas City Chiefs defense did against the Niners they stacked the box all game long and then they brought pressure from random places on third down and it absolutely worked because they got San Francisco's offense in what they like to do and and knew how to stop it San Francisco all year was just like, our players are better than yours. We're going to do what we want to do anyway. Kansas City said, okay, well, our defense is something you haven't seen yet. So we're going to play your game, and our players are actually better than yours, (laughs) especially up front. So that's how that worked out. But what Kansas City does on offense, if you watch this game, it's a ton of mesh concepts in the passing game. It's not a lot of – it's not a lot of – Uh, movement routes, crossing routes, and everything all the time. I mean, there is that. They've got great motion concepts to go with it, but really what they're doing is they're just setting up their players in mismatches all game long through motion and through these mesh concepts. And what that does is it keeps defenses from being able to sit on what you like to do because they can do whatever they want to do. And so what I would say for the Steelers is, you know, don't be so focused on what's new and innovative that you miss out on what has worked for decades on offense. And I think Arthur Smith has a good mix of that. And we'll see, um, but I think in the passing game specifically, there are uh, there are ways to to settle into what has worked while staying innovative, as long as you've got good flow and good cohesion on offense. That's what I would take away from this Super Bowl.
3: We'll talk about Arthur Smith as we make this transition to the Steelers' offense. It's been a good bit, a good bit of pieces of news over the past few days. Specifically on Monday, when it was announced that the Steelers were parting ways with Mitchell Trubisky, Presley Harvin the third, as well as Chikuma Okorafor. I think a lot of these, Jeremy, were expected at some point in time. I just don't think we all expected them at once. And the day after the Super Bowl, nonetheless. So. What is, I guess we're going to get into the quarterbacks a little bit later in the second half, but anything just in general of the three, or just something that you'd like to add as it pertains to the Steelers, the the decision to go this direction.
4: Yeah. Yeah. So I think it, you know, and we can get caught up in superlatives about it, but I do think it shows that they're serious about, (laughs) about being a contender this next year. And they're not, they're not waiting around. I mean. The, the coaching hires, I thought, were were very well-paced. I thought that the Steelers took their time to evaluate what they wanted and what they needed in the coaching hires, um, and they did what they needed to do there. Um, they just extended Eddie Faulkner. I mean, you know, there's some mixed feelings in this room specifically about Eddie yep. Faulkner, but, <laughs> but overall, I mean – you know, the Jalen Warren has looked really good. I think Najee Harris has, has been better, especially in the current scheme of the running game. Um, So there's some things that maybe we would have done a little bit differently, but they took their time with these coaching hires. So now what you're doing um, it's go time for this roster. And I think the Steelers are showing that they're ready to go. And you cleared out, I think close to $10 million in cap space already with just these three moves. And yeah, you're going to eat some dead money, but even next year as well, 2025, you cleared out a lot of space by letting these guys go, and you give them a chance to be on the market a little bit longer. I mean, Chukzakor, for, for all his issues, he's going to have a, a market, I think, as a swing tackle, most likely. Um, and then Trubisky, that one's a little rougher. I don't know if anybody's going to be giving Trubisky too much of the time of day outside of, a, outside of maybe a third-string guy, um, practice squad guy emergency quarterback type guy uh, we'll see how that goes but um, and then Presley Harvin man they should should have never they should have never let him be uh, punter one this this last year so a, a year too late probably for this move um, and you know honestly um, you could you could dive into some of the decision making here uh, you and I both liked the Mitch Truiski signing at the time and I th- I don't think that you can go back and actually condemn that signing um at the time i think it was the right move to do um it, mm. he's just not a good player and sometimes you gamble and you just find out somebody's not a good player and that's the situation there i don't think you have to. you can jump all over the steelers front office for making that move but i do think you can you can criticize them a little bit for giving a, a larger contract than necessary to chooks a for mm-hmm. i mean yeah. that was that was over the top at the time and we were all scratching our heads about it. And then you can also say Presley Harvin, I know you drafted the guy, but I mean, after two years, what more did you need to see in a, in a 30 or why did this have to go another year? You know? So um, it's, I think beyond time for him specifically and you're, you're also looking at Chuksa Sikorafor and going, eh, that's a, that's a couple wasted years of, of right tackle that maybe you could have spent a draft pick on and maybe already have somebody entrenched there. And um, if you do that, maybe you didn't um, slow up Broderick Jones's, uh, you know, development by moving him to a side that he's not best at. And uh, I just think that those are the types of decisions that can be criticized, but at least now the Steelers are cutting their losses and ready to move forward. They're currently $4 million, a little bit over, uh, over $4 million over the cap. And they've got plenty of restructures and resignings that they can do to get well under that number. They're going to be just fine as far as salary cap goes to make as many splash moves as they want to uh, outside of maybe you know getting that $45 million Kirk Cousins quarterback. And we'll, I'm sure we'll talk quarterbacks here in a second in that regard. But um, Trubisky specifically here. getting rid of him off the roster that leaves Kenny Pickett is the only quarterback on this roster. So there's going to be plenty of moves to be made at that position. As we'll talk about here.
3: Two things with Presley Harvin. I believe that the stewards are going to have issues with the punters until they change. It sounds so weird to say punting scheme, but the training that Danny Smith is giving these guys as it pertains to distance over hang time or hang time over distance, at some point, that's got to change, at least on occasion. Yes, hang time matters, but if your punts on hang time, if you don't, if you lose your accuracy when you have hang time, then go yeah. for distance. I, I mean, are you that insecure about your coverage team going down the field and being able to secure a tackle? That just that exposes other problems, I think, on the Steelers' special teams, and that's why I think Danny Smith should be on the hot seat. And we've talked about this several off seasons in a row. There's a lot of splash plays the Steelers make on special teams every year but there's a lot of times a lot of consistent things that happen in each and every game. And it's like, yeah. why do the Steelers struggle with it all the time? And it's just, it's to the point where it's like, I don't know if the occasional splash play that Danny Smith schemes up, whether it be a blocked field goal, block extra point kickoff return for, you know, a decent return. I don't know how, if that can override the consistent problems they have on mm-hmm. offense, decision-making as it pertains to bringing it out from the end zone on a kickoff. And punting it's been an issue for years yeah and I'm not sure it's going to go anywhere regardless of who you bring in the Steelers have brought in several different guys and it's been all the same issues they're bringing in these distance punters that they try to turn into hangtime punters and it just doesn't work yeah. so that's a big thing for me and then as it pertains to for expect the Steelers to invest a lot in the draft in the trenches we know yes. that this front office believes in youth in the trenches if the Steelers are gonna address linebacker and corner, as much as as much as they already invested in free agency last year, they might do that again this year because I believe they want to get younger in the trenches. Expect them to look at Cam Hayward's replacement. Expect them to look at Darius Robinson from Missouri, which I mis- I mispronounced his name. I miss said his name uh, last week on the show. My apologies. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, center and right tackle are wide open. Maybe the Steelers address one of them with a veteran. I don't think they're going to address both one of those first the Steelers first three picks has to be an offensive lineman probably the first two picks knowing this knowing this regime yeah. so i would be i would say i have probably about a 70% chance right now the Steelers first round draft pick is a player that's going to be playing in the trenches
4: yeah i mean and, and when you look at the options in the first round for yeah. those types of players you've got i i'm thinking of three or four right tackles just off the top of my head that could be pro bowl type players, maybe that with all pro upside. If you look at um JC Latham or Tyler Guyton, I think those guys have a lot of upside um and would be solid starts for you right away. I mean, you've got Jackson Powers Johnson in that mix at center. Um, So yeah, I, there's a ton of guys that make sense there. And a lot of people are pushing that and we'll, we'll get into this in other episodes too, but just briefly, a lot of people are pushing that center in the first round. I'm more inclined to take a tackle in that first round and figure out center later. Um, I think there's better options in the second and third round. Honestly, I think Cedric Van Prawn's probably there in the third round. Uh, if you want him right now, the way things are looking and if that's the case, then you're in. I don't know if all really that more, but second round. I don't know, man. I, I would he's say not I would any, say- he's not getting any hype nationally. And I don't know if that'll change a, uh, uh, as things go, or if somebody has got their eye on him already. But um, yeah, that uh, maybe something where it's like you could trade back in the second round and acquire a couple more picks and then still land a guy like him. Uh, that would be something to play for. Uh, if the Steelers could trade back in the first round somewhere and still land powers Johnson, I'd be down for that as well. You know, moving, moving around a little bit. I think Omar Khan showed he's willing to do that. I think the Steelers need to prove that they're willing to do that again this year.
3: I agree always to trading back as you well yes. know <laughs> in the second half of the show. Don't go anywhere because when we come back, Jeremy and I are going to be breaking down the Steelers options at the quarterback position. Which one is the best one? The Steelers fix. will be right back after this. for the sun. Fast as they can, away cars. Welcome back to the second half of the Steelers fix. Andrew Wilbar and Jeremy Betts with you talking the Pittsburgh Steelers and quarterbacks. Jeremy, we already talked about the Super Bowl and how a elite quarterback totally changes the landscape of the entire league. We also saw a good quarterback that is a, is very good in the system that he is in, and it can get you pretty far. And honestly, it can win you a Super Bowl if you're not going against one of the greatest of all time when it is likely all said and done. But the Steelers have options. Obviously, Kenny Pickett is the one in-house guy they have right now. They could always bring back Mason Rudolph, but there's a lot of rumors saying that, you know, Rudolph may like to have a, another chance somewhere else. There's a lot of rumors surrounding that. I'm sure the Steelers would be open to bringing him back at the right price. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's also other options out there, whether it be for, through free agency or via trade. So we're going to break down these options for you and kind of just discuss what we think is the best option. So looking at the free agency landscape, Jeremy, there's there's a lot mm-hmm. of names. There's not a yep. bunch that stand out. It's not a super strong group. You have Kirk Cousins, who may not even be healthy at the start of the season. And then you have a drop-off. You have Baker Mayfield, who's probably going to return to Tampa Bay. And then you have a bunch of backups, really. Mm-hmm. A bunch of backups yep. at this point. A couple fringe starters. You have uh, you have uh, Gardner Minshew, and you have Ryan Tannehill. Those, I would say, yep. are kind of the guys that could spot start for a while. But at this point, they're be Jacob Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett. Uh, Tyrod Taylor is another guy out there. There's a lot of guys that are backup level, and you have a couple guys like a Ryan Tannehill, and this is the one we're probably going to discuss the most just because of the rumors that have been surrounding it, and the rumors are probably valid considering Mm -hmm. the Arthur Smith connection and Arthur Smith got the best out of Ryan Tannehill. question is, at 33, 34 years old, can Ryan Tannehill do that same thing again with Arthur Smith in a different system without Derrick Henry? What is it pertains to the free agency landscape what would you can? Cons- what would you do if you are the general manager of the Pittsburgh Steelers?
4: Yeah, so I've been talking this offseason on a couple different platforms about my ideal three man uh, room, and and I think Ryan Tannehill is part of that uh, personally. Now, that is with the assumption that you want to give Kenny a chance in 2024 to uh, show he can be the guy in a new offensive system. And I think that there's plenty of evidence to suggest that he might be able to turn the corner of his career with a new offensive coordinator. Because, uh, you know, as bad as he played this last year, it wasn't all bad. Um, he had moments where you saw glimpses of what made him exciting, especially as a rookie, um, and, and why you thought maybe he could uh, be uh, that quarterback who really bounce steps up and takes a leap in year two and it's just got dragged down by the worst schematic compilation of offense yes. in the league um and that's not to say that Matt Canada didn't call a good play every now and then of course he did <laughs> I mean there were some of those but there was we talked a lot about this in the first half cohesion of offense there was none of that no fluidity to this offense nothing was done for the purpose of setting anything up it was just done to do it you, you yep. ran motion because that's what you do in the NFL. That's it. Didn't set up anything. Um, you did uh, boots and um, play action out of formations that you didn't even run out of. I mean, it was it was ridiculous stuff. And so, I don't think the proper evaluation of Kenny Pickett has been had yet. I think this year is a proper evaluation of Kenny Pickett. Now, Ryan Tannehill is my guy to come in if you're going to give Kenny Pickett kind of the first shot. And what I mean by that is Tannehill, you bring in as a mentor, as a guy who's going to be like, okay, this is how this system works. And if you totally stink, then I'll step in and run it (laughs) decently enough to keep the Steelers in somewhat of contention. Um, But he's not a guy that I say you're bringing in to compete with Kenny Pickett for the starting job in OTAs training camp for week one. I think if you bring in Ryan Tannehill, it's so you can set up Kenny Pickett for success in 2024. That would be my route. And here's why if it works and Kenny Pickett is, is good this year. Great. You've got two more years of him potentially under contract after this one to figure out if he's your guy, um, if he can take another leap again and be a franchise level quarterback, not just a good quarterback. Right. And, and, If it doesn't work and he absolutely stinks, you bench him, you start Ryan Tannehill, and then 2025, you've got a clean slate. You don't have to stick with either of these guys because you've already found out about Kenny Pickett and Ryan Tannehill's 35. I mean, it's the off-ramp in the history of off-ramps for the Steelers in 2025 if they don't like either of these quarterbacks. If you go big-time free agent route, if you were to go like Kirk Cousins, and he's obviously going to start over Kenny Pickett in 2024, so what are you learning about Kenny Pickett? You're not learning anything about Kenny Pickett. And so uh, if if uh, Kirk Cousins is there for one year or two years, then you're just moving on from Kenny Pickett. That's just your decision if you go the Kirk Cousins route. And it might be the same if you go Justin Fields or, or something like that as well. So that's why I'm saying go get Ryan Tannehill. Let, let's see what you got year three in, in a quarterback that you spent a first-round pick on. Let's not forget that, people. Spent a first-round pick on this guy. And he hasn't been able to operate in an offensive system that is anywhere close to NFL caliber. So that is why I would say Ryan Tannehill is my top free agent target um, at this point as we sit, if you're wanting to give Kenny Pickett a chance to show that he could still be the guy. Ryan Tannehill
3: signing would be a very Steelers-like move. Getting a guy to push the quarterback, not to unseat him, and if something happens to pick it, whether it be via injury or just regression, you have a guy who's going to keep you, he's going to keep people in the seats. They're not going to lose ticket revenue. The team's going to be in contention through week 16, 17, you know, through the end of the season, week 18. It will, that. that's what the move will do. The only reason that, like, for me, it comes down to price tag with Ryan Tannehill. Spot track is usually on the exactly. higher end of. Of contracts, I'm not sure if they have this one right because they're only projecting TNL to make around five million a year. If you can get Ryan TNL for five million, I say do it. There's yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. But I I I kind of get the sense that he's going to make a little bit more than that just because of the dire need for quarterbacks. I could be wrong, uh, but usually spot tracks sometimes they're a little wonky. Maybe this is one of the ones that's the case. If We're looking further down the list. I mean, obviously Josh Dobbs is a guy that may be intriguing just because of his success this year, his experience. And just his knowledge of the playbook, he knows the Steelers. And I mean, he's just a great guy to have in the locker room, but he's not someone that's gonna be pushing Kenny Pickett. One one name that I would mention just just because of what we saw Baker Mayfield do this year and just the kind of restart that he got in LA under Sean McVay. I wouldn't necessarily be in love with this signing, but for a very on a very, very cheap one-year deal. I wouldn't be opposed to bringing in a Carson Wentz as a backup mm. to Kenny Pickett. From that perspective, like we if just imagine if Baker Mayfield never start never played that game that he played in that Thursday night game and like well Baker Mayfield's a, no, he actually looks like a good starting quarterback again. Yeah. If he doesn't play that game, does he is, does he even get the opportunity in Tampa Bay to start? Probably not. Carson Wentz never had an opportunity to start. So we don't know, like, there's no guarantee Carson Wentz is the same. There's no guarantee if he is a different quarterback that he's going to stay healthy, as we've seen before. But we have seen Carson Wentz play well in this league before. And as much as I was not a fan of his at certain points in his career, I think that such a low-risk signing that you would be getting him as as a backup, I think it's worth the risk just knowing that he's been influenced by Sean McVay. If there's anyone that's going to fix Carson Wentz, it's Sean McVay. You're at least going to know... This is, this is probably Wentz's last chance if he ever gets a chance to see the field in Pittsburgh. And the, the the fact that he has a lot of similarities to Big Ben physically, I think that that will get the fans excited. Like, oh, we have we have another bigger backup. Kind of like what the Steelers had in Mason Rudolph. It will be mm-hmm. enough to add intrigue if something happens to Kenny Pickett. So from that perspective, I would say just as a low-key sign, I'm not much for the one of like, I mean, you know my philosophy. I'm not like the push just push the starter. Either get someone to supplant him, or get someone who's a, a complete boomer bust. Because ultimately, if you're just pushing the starter who's underperforming, you're going to get a mediocre team. We're in the same spot every yeah. year, right? Yeah. So, so that's my perspective. If you're going to be if you're going to have a bad quarterback play, just be really bad to where you can get an early draft pick. I know that's not the Steelers' way of thinking, but yeah. uh, before we move on from quarterback from free agency, what would be your thoughts on Carson Wentz?
4: So. He kind of feels, honestly, like Mitch Trubisky to me, (laughs) a guy who is athletic and can throw the football, but probably doesn't take care of it like he should and uh, can can be a little bit of a gunslinger without being accurate. (laughs) I don't know. Ben Roethlisberger was a gunslinger, but you knew it could be five touchdowns and 500 yards or maybe it was... 300 yards and and four picks, you know, it it was one of those guys, but Trubisky and, and Wentz, they feel more like they think they're the guy who can throw for five touchdowns and 500 yards, but, but they're not, they're just not. So uh, that's what it would feel like to me is that you're getting a cheaper Trubisky on the books. Um, Tannehill to me is so much uh, more steady of a player. Um, I think that he would be just a solid overall addition compared to Carson Wentz. Now, one of the things about Mason Rudolph that I think is kind of prohibitive to him coming back is the price tag And what you were talking about with, with um, Tannehill, I think five, five, $6 million. It sounds pretty, pretty on point for him um, potentially to sign, but I think Rudolph's going to push 10, 11, 12 um, on a one-year deal. I really do. I think what he showed at the end of the year, he could entice teams to that regard. Um, and so I think if you can do Tannehill over, over Rudolph, um, then I think that you're in better shape financially to go add somebody else that, I mean, $6 million that you're saving. That's a, that that's a solid center uh, or, you know, that's a solid inside linebacker to add to your, uh, keep things, keep things rolling. Maybe a safety, even uh, a strong safety, so I just think that it's it's one of those things where money wise, uh, Tannehill makes more sense there. So um, another guy I want to talk about, if, if it's okay to move on here, uh, another guy to talk that I want to talk about is Russell Wilson because I really think he's going to be cut, um, and I think that that's going to happen sooner rather than later. And um, one thing that uh, Jeff Hartman and Roy Countryman, who was on his show on on Monday on the Let's Ride, talking about his his salary and how he's probably not going to give a, a break. And this makes total sense. Probably not going to give a salary break to the Broncos who are going to own him $35 million this year. Uh, he's going to make them pay all of that most likely if they cut him. And so if they do that, he's going to sign so cheap somewhere else. And I think uh, that's a guy with, with Super Bowl pedigree w- with a, a championship ring, a guy who just did not fit in Denver uh, in one of the worst, Uh, coaching situations ever under Nathaniel Hackett and then a resurgent uh, Sean Payton who didn't want Russ from the beginning so and if you look at what Russell Wilson did this last year it wasn't that bad I mean it wasn't flashy or spectacular but it really wasn't that bad No, and he's a guy I think you would bring in and say all right Kenny you have to beat this guy out if you want the starting job and I think that that is a good method to go for you got to beat this guy out. We're not giving you anything. If you want the starting job, beat him. If you're not good enough to beat 34-year-old Russell Wilson, then we're going to move on. <laughs> you know, and we're going to ride with Russell Wilson and see what he can do for us and if if there's a spark just cuz remember just 2 years ago this was the hottest quarterback on the trade market was Russell Wilson. He he signed for a huge huge contract because people thought in denver specifically he was the missing piece of that team because he'd been playing well in seattle still if he comes to a an offense in pittsburgh that kind of fits his his uh best traits um you know play action push the ball down the field he still has one of the best deep balls in football uh, imagine that that beauty of a of an arching pass 45 yards down the field to uh george pickens that looks pretty good in my mind's eye so We'll see, though. Uh, I'm not I'm not completely sold on it, but it makes more sense to me to maybe go that route than it would be to re-sign Mason Rudolph or to really even go after Justin Fields, um, even though that would still be a, a good option, in my opinion, as well. Since
3: you mentioned Justin Fields, let's go to that. This is the one that, this is my move that's like, we talked about Russell Wilson's like, Kenny, if you want the job, you're going to have to beat out this guy. To me, if you bring in Justin Fields, this takes it even a step further. Whereas, the and this is maybe the reason why I don't see the Steelers doing it because you're proving that if you're giving, if you are actually trading for Justin Fields, you're proving that you're invested into him going forward. You're not getting him for a cheap. You're not trading a late first round pick or a future first round pick or a second and a fourth round pick by saying, "Oh yeah, this guy's coming in to compete." No, yeah. if the Steelers trade for Justin Fields. Justin Fields has to be looked at as the starter of this team and Kenny Pickett I'm sorry there's not a whole lot that you can do. You can back up if, if Justin Fields gets injured. He's had injury problems before. If Sun comes out and he has to come in, you know, you have a chance to win the job back. But this is Justin Fields' team if we're trading for Justin Fields. Yeah. I'm not sure the Steelers would make a move like that. But I tell you what, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I like Justin Fields as much as it pains me to say it as a Michigan fan. This guy we talked about with Mr. Bisky like yes Mr. Bisky has his share of troubles. I think if he would have gone to another team at the beginning of his career, I think he could have carved out a nice career. But his his confidence was so shaken from the beginning just because of the way he was mistreated and misused in Chicago uh by the fans specifically and Justin Fields there's a lot of fans in Chicago that really like Justin Fields and would like to keep him as opposed to drafting another quarterback. But I think that just goes to show how much people realize You can't read too much into Justin Fields' numbers because he's done a good job with what he's gotten. He's best when he's on the run and sometimes a little bit reckless with his body. They kind of took that away from him for portions of this year, and that was when he struggled. It it may not be the typical scheme, and with Arthur Smith, that's why I don't see the Steelers going that way because it's not an Arthur Smith-type guy. But if you, you allow him to just use his legs and be himself, Justin Fields has been a top ten, played like top 10 quarterback in this league before. This isn't like, well, yeah, he's proven that he can be a starting caliber quarterback. No, he's proven he can be a really good starting quarterback in yep. the NFL. He just got to remain healthy, and he's got to be in a system that remains somewhat consistent and maybe for the first time in his career get an offensive line that can protect him partially.
4: Yeah. And a, and a running game, you know, yeah. uh, something he didn't really have in Chicago uh, outside no. of his 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 own uh, potential there. Uh, yeah. He's the highest upside play of any of these guys. I mean, you're not going to get Caleb Williams or Drake May or Jane Daniels in this draft. So the next highest ceiling of any of those guys is Justin Fields at his best. He's a top 10 quarterback in this league with the potential for more. Um, at his worst, he's, he's not worse than Kenny Pickett was last year. Right. So it makes a lot of sense, but you do have to say, if you bring him in, like you were saying that Kenny, I'm sorry, but we're, this isn't your team anymore. And you're going to be the backup here. Uh, you know, if you make that move, so I'm not sure the Steelers are willing to do that. So that's why I would caution against the rumors that he's on their radar. I don't doubt that he's on their radar, but are they willing to say, Kenny, sorry, this isn't your team anymore. Uh, and really, you know, with what we've invested in this guy, uh, you're not really competing with him either. If he goes down to injury, you know, you you'll start again, but that's the only way you're seeing the field this year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, that's just kind of how I feel about that one. And would I like to see them make that type of splashy move? Yes, I would. I think that that would be, uh, that would show the fans and show the team guys like T.J. Watt and Cam Hayward who want a ring, really bad, that they are all in on getting those guys a ring and not just on their process. Um, so I and you know I I mentioned Justin or uh, mentioned uh, Russell Wilson as a as a really good option, financially and system fit and everything like that. I'm not a huge fan of the Russell Wilson experience. Um, just, just not a fan of, of the persona and the aura around Russell Wilson personally. Uh, and I've never been a huge fan of of grabbing somebody else's washed up veteran and trying to make yeah. him work. So I would much rather go with the young guy who never really got a shot to prove everything he could be in Justin Fields but I just don't know if the Steelers are going to feel that way uh, going into the season.
3: I agree with that. Uh, I, yeah. I'm not going to add any more on that. I, I think another tr- interesting trade option. I mean, a lot of people are going to talk about Kyler Murray, but I think a, a low end trade option that might be out there. If, if Arthur Smith wants a chance to develop his own quarterback, maybe Trey Lance could be yeah. available again via trade. It probably wouldn't cost a whole lot. Steelers do have two fourth round picks, I don't know if the sewers would consider something like that or not, but just something to just, throw out there as an option.
4: Just just don't bring Desmond Ritter over from Atlanta, please. Oh no, no. Please, no, no, don't, no, do no. <laughs> please no. don't do that. Please <laughs> don't do that.
3: Yeah. Or or Felipe Franks for that matter.
4: Yeah, no. Let's yeah. leave that alone.
3: <laughs> yes. I agree 100%. Let's let's we we talked about Mason Rudolph briefly. You said you think he can make 10-11 million dollars on the open market as we kind of bring this to a wrap. The options the Steelers have at quarterback, obviously, Kenny's not going anywhere. I don't think. If, I mean, no. I guess you could make the argument if you if you trade for Justin Fields, you include him in a, maybe a three way package. I don't see that happening. I think Kenny Pickett is coming back for sure. Of the other options, if we're if we're ranking the next best option between Justin Fields, our top free agent option, which would be a Ryan Tannehill, a, a yeah. guy to push, or just ride with Kenny, show Kenny, Kenny, we're letting you have this. We have full confidence in you. We're not bringing anyone in to try to supplant you at all. This is your team. And then we just bring in, say, a Carson Wentz. So we're ranking the options of supplant Kenny, open competition with like a guy like Russell Wilson, like, you know, it's may the best man win. Ryan Tannehill, like, Kenny, you're the starter, but we've got someone. Or just, Kenny, it's your team. Of those four options... What would you say? One is the most likely for the Steelers to do, and two, what do, would you do of those four?
4: Well, uh, they're one and the same, <laughs> and that is the most likely is that they bring in Ryan Tannehill to push Kenny Pickett, and that's exactly what I would do. Um, it, you, outside of the big splashy trade, you've got uh, if you do that, you've got so much to figure out. It, this is the easy way. <laughs> I mean, it, it really is the easy way. And I think that that's the way they go. And so um, I'm going to say do that as well. And then um, if my caveat with that would be, then go in the draft and and draft for upside, draft, the upside play. Don't go get one of these six foot tall, 205 pound quarterbacks. That's going to be out of the league in three years. Go get Joe Milton, go get somebody like that in the draft with some actual physical upside um, that is prototypical, Plus at quarterback, Um, that would be my move there. If you're not going to do that, then I don't know. It's tough. Then maybe I would go get Justin Fields. I mean, maybe I would just do that. Uh, That would be the the big play there. Um, So I'm not necessarily a believer in Kenny Pickett, but I think the Steelers are. So I'm going to say their most likely move is to go get uh, Ryan Tannehill to push him and then draft somebody. And, and I'm going to say that that's still my top option as well
3: for my, I, I would agree with you on the perspective that the most likely option is for that to happen. I think if I'm, and I'm placing money in it, I think that is what's going to happen. I think what I would do, I'm torn between two options I'm because Justin Fields, it is a risk. And you know how much I love draft capital. I hate to give it up for any reason, regardless of it. I like to accumulate as much draft capital as possible, but especially in a draft that is this rich in talent, especially on the offensive side of the ball, so deep, pretty much all across the board except tight end. I would would probably say go for Justin Fields if you can get him for a second and a fourth. I'm not sure if I would do it for a first. Second and a fourth or second and a fifth. If it's second and a fifth, I would do that first. My second option would be just ride with Kenny, and bringing a backup like Carson Wentz guy, who's not going to push Kenny sure. at all, but just prove to Kenny, Hey, you have one chance, but we believe in you. If you, if you knock it out of the park this year, you are our quarterback, hopefully for the long haul. And if it doesn't work out, we don't have anyone else. Truly. That's proven discipline. You, if you strike you at least with Carson Wentz, you're you probably gonna get one of the, either you're going to strike gold. Oh, this guy has reemerged as a true good quarterback in the league, yeah. or you're going to get a guy who looks completely washed and, the Steelers are probably picking in the top 10 to 12 picks of the draft, which if you have a quarterback problem, that's the best spot to be in. So that's why I would do it because I, I feel like Ryan Tannehill, bringing in Ryan Tannehill just brings the Steelers back to where they're already at. And it's mm-hmm. just that meat level of mediocrity. I don't think he's capable of doing what he and Arthur Smith did together in Tennessee. Cause it really wasn't Tannehill that did the work. It was Derek Henry that did the work. They had a stud and AJ Brown on the outside and Tannehill was just able to use play action and just basic concepts that were really scripted perfectly for him. So we'll see what happens. I'm still not totally sold on Arthur Smith, but I'm willing to give him a chance. We'll see what happens. Uh, But I would, if I'm ranking them, I would say fields is contingent on price, but I would say fields. Then you go, don't do anything outside of maybe a Carson Wentz. And then the other option would be for me. Then, then after that, it's either Tiana Hill, maybe add a draft pick, something like that. Is there anything else that you want to add on the quarterback situation before we put a bow on it?
4: Yeah, I mean, I think there's some intriguing guys. If the Steelers decided for some some reason that they were going to go first round quarterback at twenty, there's going to be some guys there that you could choose from. Um, you and I talked about JJ McCarthy a little bit and whether he could add some weight. Cause I think if he does that, he's more of the prototypical size quarterback that's left outside of the, the top couple guys, um, that you could, you could go with Bo Nix, you could go Michael Penix jr. I don't think they're going to go that route, but those are guys that are going to be there at 20 for sure. They, some, a couple of those guys may even be there, um, in the second round where you could trade up for them or something along those lines. So, but. To me, outside of that, nobody really jumps off the screen to me except Joe Milton from Tennessee. And that's because um, at his best, uh, if you were to typecast him, he's Josh Allen. Um, and then at his worst, he's he's probably uh, – um, uh, who's the Raiders quarterback? Jamarcus Russell. <laughs> at his worst, he's yeah. probably Jamarcus Russell. <laughs> Total bust. Can't ever really put it together. <clears throat> Not really – an nfl quarterback just an athlete um kind of out of position out of uh out of the spot where he needs to be in he's the guy i'm he's the guy in the draft that i'm just like if you're gonna draft somebody at all please oh please oh please don't go get spencer rattler as as much as i think that he's an okay prospect he's not going to be <clears throat> a top 10 nfl quarterback ever in my opinion so Go get the guy who has that potential if he grows into it. So make your big splash in in uh, the draft by doing that. Well, as it
3: pertains to the NFL draft, I better plug this because Jeremy and I have an NFL draft show that is coming to FFSN. We are excited Shoot. about it. They're not going to be long shows. They're going to be condensed to the point, concise draft shows. We're going to be discussing different positions of strength, top players at different positions, and then, Jeremy, as we get closer, we're going to be breaking down specific team needs throughout the entire league, not just the Steelers, every team across the league. So if you want to get an NFL-wide landscape, an NFL-wide lens on what this draft is, be sure to tune into to our draft show. You can check it out on the FFSN feed wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure you're subscribed so that you get notifications whenever a new podcast drops. We have so much good content out there. Jeremy, I'll let you add anything else you want to onto that, or just the FFSN in general, what you have coming up.
4: No, yeah, we're going to dive into a, a lot of the research we've been doing, uh, Andrew specifically has been doing on this draft class, and just get into the nitty gritty of it um, across the board and from a more generic standpoint. Um, and, and I just think that if you're, <clears throat> if you're even just a fan of one team and you want to listen into those, all of them are going to be informative for you because... What other teams are going to do in the draft will also dictate what you're going to do in the draft, what your team's going to do in the draft. So having a good awareness of everything that's going to be going on, maybe the teams around your team's pick that have similar interests and similar needs to you. Um, So, you know, something to consider with that. I I think of like Steelers and Eagles fans, they're going to be picking three picks apart and both of them could really, really use a center most likely in this draft class. So (laughs) are the Steelers going to trade back five picks? Uh, behind the eagles and let them go jackson powers johnson at 23 i don't you know that's something to consider there so if you're a fan of any of these teams tune in to all these shows we'll be breaking it down generically for you um from an nfl wide perspective that's going to be fun and then uh just stay tuned to the steelers uh steel curtain network excuse me and we'll keep these uh shows going have some guests on this on the steelers fix on the uh, uh steelers q a and hopefully some draft picks um interviews coming up as well and then the big board Andrew we're still working on that we'll get another one out here soon
3: we are we're working on the defensive lineman I have to get my analysis in for that um Me too. but <laughs> yeah we have to get ones in and it's bad because I'm the one who has to set the deadline for people and then it's bad when I get so busy with school and work and everything I'm the one who can't make the deadline so we're going to be having that coming out uh soon and really starting within the next couple of weeks we're going to be getting out one a week and up until the draft Uh, So we're looking forward to that. Be sure to check out Steel Curtain Network, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers, and check out everything Fans First Sports Network. It's truly your one-stop shop. Anything NFL, anything sports-related, we've got it covered for you. Follow Jeremy at the Best 93 And as always, be sure to tune into the Steelers Fix every Tuesday, same time, same place. We'll see you next week on another episode of the Steelers.
0: 18 plus. 18 plus.